from Piccadilly to Pall Mall and Buckingham Palace to Bethnal Green. Your podcast on the UK's capital city. This is London Babylon. With news, events and interviews from the world's greatest capital city. With your host, Mark Scarf. My very great pleasure to have on the London Babylon podcast today, Steve Atkins Linnell from London. Now, Steve is a voiceover artist. He's also a banker. And that's a combination that I haven't heard before, but Steve mixes the two extremely well. Steve's voice will be familiar to you because he does the intro and the outro to this podcast. You would have heard him on commercials. He does other voiceover work. He is a very interesting character, is Steve Atkins Linnell, and it's my very great pleasure to have him on the London Babylon podcast. G'day, Steve. How are you going? Very good. Thank you very much, Mark, and hello. How good are you? How good is very uh, well for Steve? Um, very well is probably about a 12 out of 10. A Absolutely. 12 out of 10. What have you done with a, a your week this 10. week? Do you know what? That is a really good question. Here, there and everywhere, uh, in and out of London. Uh, I live on the outskirts of London, so that's that's always an energetic upper. Um, I've also been in Manchester, all, all around the UK, doing all sorts of stuff um, and uh, lots of hobby time as well. So, yeah, it's good to, good to join you. Actually, it's good to, good to join you uh, in the odd few t- bits of time that I get free. So, love it. Well, the, the more time that I can take off you, the better. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, no worries at all, Mark. No worries. Now, Steve, this is a London uh, podcast, but tell me about oh, yes. Manchester just quickly. Now, it's the off-season for the Premier League in Manchester. When you go to Manchester, do you is there any is there any football talk or would you know that it's a football town? Uh, you would. You would know it's a football town. So they are every sh- almost every shop you go into is either Man United or Man City, Manchester United or Manchester City. So it's red or blue and depending. When you go into the – when you actually – just hit the city um, and as you're pulling on the train there's the Etihad Stadium so Manchester City Stadium in all its glory and actually it looks phenomenal because uh, it was actually built for Commonwealth Games I can't even remember the year but way back when Um, so they really did it up uh, where Man City play and that looks that looks fantastic as you sort of roll in on the train there but yeah to be quite honest as you walk around the city uh, and as you see people around the city they're either wearing red or they're wearing blue but actually, it's a, it's a very friendly rivalry, actually. Not not that I've seen uh, before with some other clubs. So being in London, you'll see Arsenal and Tottenham supporters, and actually they'll just sort of glare or sneer at each other as they walk past. But in Manchester, um, it still it seems to be quite united. Is it a friendly rivalry? It just seems to be united. Is that a pun? Yes. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. is it, it's a pun. Take it. Is it, is it united because Manchester... Uh, feel that they're so much better than City? Is that why it's United? If they were closer together uh, with the results, which this season they probably have been, to be fair, do you think the rival would be as friendly as it is? Um, I think, uh, to be quite honest, I think there is a rivalry between them, but I think think Manchester's rivalry is more with Liverpool and more with London. 
I think I think that's probably where it comes from. So Liverpool is probably what about a half an hour drive away from Manchester. So it's not that far away where you've got both Liverpool and Everton. Um, and then, of course, London, two hours and a bit from uh, Manchester by train. But of course, you've got all the clubs, haven't you? I've already talked about Arsenal, talked about Tottenham. You've got your Chelsea's, you've got, uh, you know, you, uh, your West Ham's. You've got so many clubs that are based in the city of London um, that actually I think that probably brings City and United in Manchester more together there is still a rivalry there's no doubt about it and you're either a red for life and you're a blue for life um but there is still that 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 more more united rivalry to go back to your pun which i think is probably spot on the thing i love about the uk is that it's so small and australia's so big but that's not the thing i love when you look at a map you've got london you've got the outskirts but manchester's only about two hours uh north from London, and then you say Liverpool's yeah. another half hour away. So I could imagine yeah. that if that if you lived in that northern part of England, you could actually travel to most away games. You could do, yes, uh, because realistically, most of the clubs are sort of the middle of the country, sort of upwards. Um, so you could get to quite a few of them. The problem is with the infrastructure. If you were a Manchester supporter and you wanted to go to, say, Southampton or, or uh, Bournemouth on the south coast, go and watch the premiership it's a nightmare because actually you've got to hit london go around london and come back out again so if you're going by train it's into london and back out um if you're going by car it's around london on the uh, m25 motorway and then back out again yeah, so but, the infrastructure doesn't do it much good but nobody but nobody wants to go there steve people only want <laughs> to see the big cheap. teams they it's, don't want to go to bournemouth yeah but then again you want to guarantee your three points don't you you go to bournemouth for a holiday <laughs> You do this time of year, I tell you, bucket, spade and all. And to be quite, you could probably build bucket and spade. You could probably build sandcastles on their pitch and no one would notice. They must be getting close <laughs> to a time frame now where they're going to expand that stadium because they've been consistently in the yeah. in the in the Premier League for a few few years now. Yeah. And they yeah. must be just banking all that cash. Yes, they are. Um, they've signed a few players, but yes, they are. There's there's no doubt about it. And the money that comes rolling in from the Premier League each year, there is no doubt about that. They've they've got it sitting there. I think the only issue is, and I've not ever been to Bournemouth, I've been to Southampton, and they've got a really good stadium. Um, and they, they built a brand new purpose-built stadium at St Mary's. Um, I think the issue that you've got with Bournemouth is what is around it. And actually, can you expand? Because a lot of these stadiums were built uh, in the day with houses you know sort of victorian houses around them uh, if you go to liverpool that's what you've got you know you've got the, the two up two down houses uh, built all around the stadium so you can't really expand it's the same as arsenal and hence well, you know, obviously arsenal going off to the emirates stadium moving just down the road um and then they sort of renovated that and put put flats in there um so i think what probably would have to happen is bournemouth would probably have to move stadiums if they were going to do that well, Liverpool's done an absolutely cracking job. I love that word, cracking job. That's an English cracking. word. Cracking. It is job. cracking. Oh. They, they have done a great job. When when you look at that, particularly from above, uh, the job that they've <laughs> done of that, when you Google map it, that looks sensational. With Arsenal, the same kind of thing. They really built on the edges of where they were. They couldn't go out anymore. So they had exactly. a small footprint to work on. They've done a sensational job. Yeah. Talking about bank and yeah. cash, they don't spend anything. They, no. mu- they must have that stadium paid off. Uh, I would have thought so, and more. Uh, they probably got, they probably own a lot of the other stadiums, and they're probably paying the finance and lending the money to Tottenham for their rebuild. <laughs> I would guess. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. Talk, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have talk, thought so. Mind you, they probably would with very, very high rates of interest on it. Well, talk about rivalries. Um, that's the best <laughs> one. I mean, um, 
you know, when you talk about London, that is that is the best one. I'm actually reading a book at the moment. It's called um, More Money Than God, and it's a and it's a book about Manchester City and the um, Abu Dhabi takeover of Manchester City. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. interesting that you say the stadium is a really top notch stadium. Well, they got they got the stadium for nothing because the council paid yes. for it. Yeah. So all for the uh, Commonwealth Games, yeah. Which I think was about. I was going to say nineteen ninety four. That's uh, might well have been. Well, I don't think it is because the Sydney uh, Olympics were in two thousand, and I'm sure it may have been after that. But then again, cool. I'm just making that up because I have absolutely no idea. I shall ask my good friend and find out for you in about thirty seconds. Well, That's I'm, my good friend, the Google. I've got the good friend Google too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So Steve, so if if Steve's voice sounds familiar, that's because you may know him from a lot of voiceover work, and that's where I I, I first met you, Steve. And Steve does the intro to the London Babylon podcast, and he does a cracking job of it too. I love tell that me, word. He's brilliant. Tell me, Steve, how you got into voiceover work, um, and a bit about that. Yeah. So. I was, I've done a lot of community radio, a lot of hospital radio, um, and I started doing that probably about 30 years ago um, and did it for, oh, I don't know, probably about 20, 25 years. And then like like anything in life, absolutely love it. But then something else comes left field. Um, and that left field thing is your children. Um, and then all of a sudden your time has done, it's disappeared. Um, and actually all you want to do is devote your time to your family, bringing up your family. So I didn't have time to go off and do it. And then I thought, what can I do um, still using those? sorts of skills because working in live radio be it hospital be it whatever actually you learn very very quickly to think quickly to be able to broadcast quickly to to say things um off the cuff etc but also to use your vocal skills and i thought what else could i do and it was at that point i started sort of looking around and thinking do you know what yeah intros voiceover stuff um and it was just there is so much of a calling for it and what's been really interesting is actually in the last 24 hours uh, my sister-in-law has now started speaking to me about her doing voiceover work so um, all of a sudden it's sort of expanding across the family because they're actually looking at it and going actually that's something i can do so it looks like um taking on some additional coaching as well for someone else so did you have to go to a voice coach to enhance your voice or you know bring out the timber if that's if, if that's the no. word. Um, um, no, I didn't. But what I also so it's all do natural. is... With a, it's all natural, yes. But what I do get is a lot of feedback when I'm doing presentations at work. So I, because of my because of my love of doing this, uh, my love of media and various other things, if something technical or something presentation has to be done, whilst a lot of people may sort of go hide in the background because actually I just want the ground to open. That's not my comfort zone. For me, I'm a natural. So people go, oh, go on, you can do that. So I used to then get a lot of feedback on the back of it and people would tell me how my voice was, etc. Um, and actually in this game, you get a lot of feedback as well. So that, that helps you. So you touched on your day job. Now your day job is mm. a banker. Yes. Does the bank know that you do the extracurricular? They do. And they find it hilarious. Do they really? So, so we spend, seem to spend a lot of time on conference calls and webinars and various other bits and pieces as you do in business. Um, but quite often they'll come over to me and ask me to open it off the cuff <laughs> as a sort of intro and then all crease up. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> so uh, being now me not being in, in the UK, would we hear you on any of the banking ads? Do they take advantage like that? Oh, or is, no. Or is it just no, internals? they don't. 
no it's just internals no they don't um but i'm doing some stuff in the uk some some adverts and various other bits and pieces but you, you never know where your your voice will turn up and interestingly enough um a couple of days ago i had an email from someone in russia um and the email went uh dear steve we've heard your voice and we really like it we'd like you to join our agency so our, we can connect you with people who want to use your voice across russia it does it might might be that i'm going on the um trans-siberian route and going to be stuck out in siberia somewhere but anyway that's that's a different <laughs> so <laughs> that's interesting that you that you talk about russia these days with the technology the way it is you've you've built your own home studio and yes. no doubt that's that's where the majority of your work is done if Absolutely. this was 20 years ago how different would the landscape have been for someone like you trying to get into and maintain um, the voice work? Do you know what? Technology technology has come on leaps and bounds over the last few years. It really has. So 20 years ago, you would have to be sitting in a professional studio. It would be a very, what we call term as a closed shop. So therefore, there would be a smaller number of people doing voice acting or voiceovers or or doing this sort of thing. Um, you know, and you think about it, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had podcasts like yours. Um, we just wouldn't have had that. But the world has become so much smaller. Um, and the ability to do something for someone now and then ping it off halfway across the world literally and it's used and and that really makes it interesting because in a lot of cases you do voiceover stuff you've got an idea of what it's for but you don't know how it's going to sound how they're going to put it with whatever they're going to put it so you're putting your voice to something and off it goes so realistically it has changed massively over the 20 years and it's brought this planet closer together um, as it has with technology and everything else so you class yourself as a tech head um, I love technology. I love playing stuff. And I'll tell you what was released this week, which I, is released in America. It's not been released in the UK, and I don't know if you've got it in Australia yet. Is the new Amazon show. So have you got the echoes and the dots we've, over there? We've heard about them, but, um, oh. the, but the slow boat hasn't arrived yet. Hasn't it? Right. Do you want me to give you a demonstration of a dot? Please do. Right. Okay. So I have on my desk here something the size of a hockey puck okay so it's the it's the size of a hockey puck and all you do is you talk to it so i'm going to say so let's see if we can pick this up on the microphone so um alexa sorry about that right let's do that again right so stop that's it hopefully that's done right do 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 right here we go so alexa what's the weather going to be today in stansted mount fitchett it's 17 degrees with partly sunny skies. Today, you can expect intermittent clouds with a high of 21 degrees and a low of 12 degrees. There you go. Did you hear that all right? I did hear that. that maybe that's what the Russians want you for, to voice their version of the dot. <laughs> voice their version? <laughs> can you imagine? Wouldn't that the, be something? The weather, sponsor, the weather sponsored by Mr. Putin says it's going to be a glorious day in this weather. That's very interesting. How much? How much is a is a dot worth? So a dot is fifty pounds. So that's that's just over a hundred dollars. Yeah. So and it does all sorts of stuff. So is the dot any better than me picking up my iPhone and talking to Siri? So it's sort of equivalent to that really but the thing it does lots of other things so you can add lots of other skills to it uh, but it's sort of a hands-free so it listens to you so um let's try another thing um alexa tell me a joke why do potatoes make good detectives 
because they keep their eyes peeled. Oh dear. <laughs> there you go. What would have made that better would be for yes. the um for the uh drum bit at the end, the old cymbals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. That would have been great. Now that would have finished it off. So it does all sorts of stuff, um, but also it links up to your music as well, so you can actually play music through it. So I can ask it if I wanted to, and you say the the uh, the A word because if I do it, she'll come on and start listening to me again. Um, that sort of triggers it off, and then she'll play anything that I want to play. So music if, wise, if you run out of toilet paper, yes, will she order it for you? Yes, if I ask her, she will. I saw something uh, interesting the other day. Amazon actually have a button, and yes, you put the they button, have a dash button, yes, yes, next to a toilet roll or you know, yep, coffee, whatever, and <laughs> you've run out of bog roll, and yep. you press the button, and within the next amount of hours, it arrives. It's there. My, Absolutely. My my only problem with that is if you haven't brought the newspaper in, you're going to be stuck there for a couple of hours. <laughs> Can and, you imagine the Amazon, and, and the who's Amazon answer the door? delivery man turning up? Can you bring it in here, please? Let yourself in. <laughs> Let yourself in, please. Help, I'm stuck. <laughs> so, oh, can dear. you sign here, please? Do I have to? Uh, yeah. Your pen or mine? Anyway. <laughs> now, I, I'm look. I'm all Apple. Uh, have you heard yes. Siri rap? Yes. No, I haven't heard Siri rap, so I'm not Apple at all, although my family have got phones, uh, which are that. But come on, Siri rap. Okay. This is going to be cracking, isn't it? And I'm going to use that word. There's a couple of English words we've got to get in here. Siri, play me some rap. Is she talking? No, that's not what I wanted. No. I've done it wrong. Siri, hip hop. I thought not. No, that's not what I want. Siri, <laughs> sing me some hip hop. You wouldn't like it. Yes, I would. Siri, can you hip hop? I don't know what you mean by Siri, can you hip hop? Mm. I'm going to edit that out. That's terrible. Siri, normally, <laughs> Siri. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Siri Siri normally does me a nice little uh, hip-hop, but um, unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, she didn't this time. So what I'll do Doesn't is I'll find play. it, and I'm going to put it on to the end of the podcast. Fantastic. Chuck it on. Do you know what she was there? She was another great English word which says so much. It's the word pants. <laughs> well, she says sorry a lot too. <laughs> sorry, Siri. Yeah. She's, she's, she's not as good as she thinks she is. Well, actually, she's not as good as Steve Jobs thinks she is. Yes, ten, absolutely. Ten years of the Apple iPhone, and you've never had one? Uh, no, never. Never owned one. Um, uh, purely because I am an Android fan, uh, and I must admit I love Samsung as a as a company and as a brand and reliability. So for me, it is Android all the way. And with Android, it allows you, for me, it allows you to do so much more. They are so much more open, whereas with Apple, it's very much more controlling. You can only do what they want you to do. So I can... Siri, oh, Siri oh. just started up again. Hang on. Go away. There we go. See, if that was... I love technology. If, it does it all the time. If that was Samsung, that probably wouldn't yes. have happened. So I might um, have to so ditch with- that and get a Galaxy 8. So with me, it's it's just Google. So it's just it's a okay Google, and off you go. 
So the Google oh, are coming and that's out live now. So Google are coming <laughs> out gonna... with um with their uh with with a thing called Google Home. Yes, which is the same as the Android uh, sorry the Amazon Echo. It's their version. But the problem is Google have left it 3 years too late. So it does the same thing and it's Google and it's Android orientated, but Amazon is 3 years ahead of the mark on it. Well, one interesting thing that they are going to put in the software is that, is that they're going to allow you to make phone calls from it. Yeah, well, this is what the new Amazon show, which has just been released, uh, and it was released Thursday, just gone, uh, in America. So it, what you will have is it the way of describing it is it's like a cylinder with a tablet stuck on it. So actually you can video call, you can see on there as opposed to it just being audio. But with it as well, um, you will be able to make phone calls and also you can use it as an intercom. So if anyone else has an Amazon Echo or a Dot, so the Dot is a hockey puck which is what I was just describing, whereas the Amazon Echo is the same sort of – it's the same circumference. It's a but cylinder. It's like a tall cylinder. It is with yeah. a big, powerful speaker in it. Um, but the new show will – you'll be able to video video on there, video each other. You'll be also be able to read things. So if you ask for a recipe, not only will it be able to give you it in audio, but you'll be able to see it. But also what you can do is anyone that's got a dot or an echo, you can drop in on them just by saying – the magic word drop in on so and so and providing they've allowed you to drop in you can use it as an intercom well we are very soon to get amazon out here i've done amazon shopping um from yes. here as most of the world has done even the russians oh. and <laughs> uh we're soon to get our own warehouses and everything out here now what i'm looking forward to is ordering a dot and the drone mm-hmm. coming in and dropping it off in my oh, yes. backyard within me within half an hour of me ordering it Yes. Now they've trialed that. So they actually trialed that about 30 miles away from here in Cambridge. Um, And what they did was they parked up a lorry and then they sent the drones out with the small devices or the small packages attached to it. So that is currently going through a big testing phase here in the UK. I can't wait. It's it's got our uh, uh, our retailers out here uh, worried, and I, yeah. I I work in retail, and while Amazon doesn't um, uh, doesn't feature on our landscape every day, it's something that we've certainly spoken about. Yes. I think I think that'll be quite interesting, and I can imagine it going over certain parts of London, uh, the drone, and uh, it being shot down and um, never being seen again. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, that's another story there as well. So you're based in London. You've been to Manchester. Yeah. What's some yeah. other favourite places of yours to go in the UK? In the UK? Um, for me, I think my sort of one place I love to go and get away from it all and recharge my batteries uh, is just north of Manchester, a place called the Lake District. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's I in have. Cumbria. Ah, oh, and it is the most amazing place. And actually, if you just Google some pictures on it and that, you'll probably see why. Uh, it's the wettest place in the UK. It rains almost every single day of the year. So, you know, us Brits, we like to talk about the weather a lot. Um, so it is one of those places where it really does chuck it down. But uh, as a place for scenery, as a place for getting on the hills and getting away from it, that is um, that is probably my pride and joy just to go and do it. Um, if I want to sort of do things and do things that are charged, I'm really lucky because I can get on a train and be in central London in about 40 minutes from where I live. Um, and that's also beautiful. That's just different, different class of beauty. Um, but with the hubbub and everything that goes on in London, that's 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 a nice place to be as well. 
We've got this impression of London as being uh, grey and uh, a wet place. Now, I did I did see a documentary uh, that Griff Rhys Jones um, did, and he did name the Lake District as the wettest place in the UK. Yeah. How wet is London itself, or is that just a myth? Um, do you know what? It's, it just depends. Depends on the time of year. So this time of year it has been absolutely glorious, um, and it, and it really just does depend. I think I think the bit is because of the colours that you have in London um, that when it's grey, it's grey. So you know, reflecting off the buildings, off the windows, etc., off skyscrapers, etc., um, then it really does go grey. But then when it's bright, conversely, that bounces off it as well and really makes it makes it bright. One thing that really interests me when I'm ever watching a Premier League game, and it's the dead of winter. Um, mm. some, uh, sometimes I think it's a night game, and then when I go to my phone, I find out what the time in London is. It's about four thirty yes. in the afternoon. In winter, when does it start to get dark in London? And I'm talking right. about the, the absolute dead of winter. Yeah, so in the dead of winter, so if we're talking, say, the 21st of December, which is the shortest day, um, it will start be getting dark. Uh, it will start be getting dark about 3.30, and it'll be really dark by about quarter past, half past four. <laughs> Absolute pitch black. And then it will start getting light the next morning. It will start, the dawn will start breaking at about, and this is on a clear day, because um, obviously when it's cloudy, it's even worse and rainy, um, and then probably starts Dawn starts coming up about half past seven to be up for the about eight o'clock in the morning. That's what I love about England, and that's and that's yes. why I've got a London podcast because I've I've grown up with this imagery of that's exactly what London's about, and you've just confirmed yes. it. Yeah. So what I will do at some point in the so at the moment in the deep of midwinter. So at the moment we're the other way because we've literally just gone past the summer solstice. So it's it's the other way. So actually it's dark by about ten o'clock at night, and it's bright by about four o'clock in the morning. And that's that's the variance. Do you not have that sort of variance over? No, there? absolutely not. Oh, so, really? So when we're we're when we're in our summer, uh, we we have daylight savings time. So yeah. the morning is not that much different to winter, but uh, we have our sunsets at around about s- between seven and eight o'clock at night. Right now, we can still look west at about nine at about nine o'clock at night. It is dark, but you can see the colours mm. the the colours of uh, of the clouds and things like that. But nothing like, like what what you've got there. So really, the variance is, and I th- if I remember rightly, it's nineteen hours. So it's either nineteen hours of bright or nineteen hours of dark, depending on where you are, summer or winter solstice. That's the max. That well, that sounds. So um, it just it's the right. it's, it's it's brilliant. So um, at the moment, the children have great fun trying to get to sleep because it's bright of an evening and bright first thing in the morning, so they're up like anything. And then it's the other way around in the winter. The difference uh, with the UK is though, yes, you have your 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 periods of um, heat, but I would imagine that that you're not hot at night time all through summer. So that's what we have out, out out here. We have thirty between thirty and forty degrees for a lot of summer, but that carries on over into our night time as well. Yeah, so recently with our heat wave, and it, and it was a heat wave, believe me, uh, for us, we were still at 28. That was the maximum that we had of an evening. So the temperature was still 28 at night, um, but that's more the rarity. More, more often than not, we're down about 12, 14 in, yeah. the, heat, in the middle of summer. And in that extreme heat, um, what kind of insects and bugs do you have? Do you have an issue oh, just a, with just flies? Or... 
Just the bozzies. So how many houses in the UK would have fly screens? None. None. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> Do you know what? If someone put that on there, they're thinking, oh, what are you catching? <laughs> You're going fishing. Um, no, no no fly screens or anything else like that at all. Um, we just learn learn to bear with them. And actually, to be quite honest, they're not, they're not any major great shakes. They're well, really not. Well, we can't live without them. Not for us. Yet out here and i'm sure you've seen an, uh, enough australian oh, yeah. tvs and uh, movies to uh, to know that that's an absolute um killer for us yes yeah no we, we're, we're lucky with that yes we have a few flies in the evening but it's not it's it's nothing major it really isn't so steve i don't know if you've heard the news but our cricket team is on strike at the moment yes so the any, ashes any update on that well, the update is is that they're all on strike because they're greedy buggers, um, and they all uh, they all earn well over a million dollars a year, and they all play in the Indian Premier League where they earn a, say the another million. Yep, for another yeah, for six weeks' worth. Two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, the newspaper headlines today scream about our unemployed cricketers. So uh, this is this is the biggest crisis to hit uh, Australian cricket since World Series cricket. The difference between then and now is that we had a man called Kerry Packer, who oh yes, who the man of the. Yeah, Where well, is he at the moment? Is he still at Her Majesty's pleasure? No, Kerry Kerry Packer was never convicted of anything. What are you talking about, Kerry Packer? You, you must be thinking of you're not thinking of Rolf Harris. No, 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 no. There was another guy who was re- really behind the cricket. Used to fly in by helicopter and fly out. Um, well known, backed a lot of stuff, and he was. Oh, not Kerry Pack. Who am I thinking of then? Well, Hansi Cronier used to used to fly around the place, but um, yeah, he used, to, he used to um he used to rig matches and was South African. No, it definitely wasn't Ralph Harris because I don't think he's in the cricket. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. but he just but he, yeah. he but he is at home and he'll be able to watch the cricket. Right. Yes. No, Kerry Packer. <laughs> Kerry Packer was 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 a uh, was a big benefactor for Australian cricket. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Ah, right. But one thing that Kerry Packer did do, and I'm a member of the Sydney Cricket Ground, that um, yes. during during World Series cricket, uh, the major grounds in Australia wouldn't allow the Rebels to play on their grounds. So they oh, right. so they had to play on things like uh, in in the middle of race courses and <laughs> on Australian football grounds and things like that. Crikey! Well, Kerry Packer uh, came from Sydney and lived in Sydney, so mm. he decided that he would fund and build uh, light towers at the Sydney Cricket Ground. So the Sydney Cricket ah, Ground was right. one of the first grounds in the world to host nighttime cricket. And they are whacking great uh, floodlights, aren't they? They are. They are. And yes. they are they're, they're the original light towers too. No doubt they've changed, mm. they've changed the globes, but the light towers yes. are still there. So, yes. so that's, how, that's how Kerry Packer got around not being able to play at major venues, and then after that, that, that was a great success. People people were lined up for miles to come into the yes. ground, and that's when World Series cricket really started to take off. Mm. And that's when the establishment um, came around to giving Kerry Packer the rights to traditional cricket because it, it right. all started with um, his Channel 9 network asking yes. uh, for the rights to televise the cricket. Now, yeah. Our cricket was televised by the equivalent of your BBC, which is the ABC, mm. and they they didn't want to give up the rights, and cricket was very traditional, and so on and so forth. So that's how that's how Kerry Packer uh, won the war. 
So we've got another war at the moment, but this one's they won't be able to have Kerry bail them out, unfortunately. No, no. They've got to sort it out themselves, unfortunately. So what that means for the Ashes, uh, we don't know at the moment. No. So your blokes must be, um, must be, must be watching this with great interest. Well, they're, they're trying to work out where they're going to spend Christmas. Well, <laughs> one of the <laughs> we're thinking about that. Well, most most cricketers love coming out to Australia for uh, uh, the New Year tests. Absolutely, they can have summer and Christmas in Australia. What's better than that? All together, absolutely, all together at the same time, and have all that daylight as well. That's right. Which but only up until eight o'clock. Only up until eight o'clock. Yes. But in comparison to what we've got, that's about eight hours extra. Take it. <laughs> so I am still going to the cricket. So hopefully, um, hopefully there'll be there'll be something to watch. Now your yeah. your your cricket must be starting soon. Your test matches. Uh, yes, we've just had what we just had. I think we just had a couple of friendlies with South Africa. Um, uh, a couple of twenty twenties, I think. It was. I know we had one of the first class games yesterday, and I know Northampton won the Royal London Cup uh, as it was. So it must have been at Lords yesterday. There was a final on that. Um, but um, yeah, I'm guessing guessing that will happen quite quickly. There's so much other sport and so much other things going on at the moment. We have the um, the British Lions, which is taking part, and that was big news yesterday um, as they beat they New won. Zealand. They won. beat the All Blacks to take it one all with a. Um, uh, score in the last three minutes so so that's certainly taken up a lot of the press and publicity motor racing goes on all year round and of course the tour de france uh, has just started and whilst that's just over the water uh, we have chris froome who's the uh, british leader of team sky mm. uh, who's one of our broadcasters and he's looking to win for the third time going as well plus also you want to be really traditional and really london of course tomorrow is the start of wimbledon now are you going to Wimbledon? Have you have you ever been have, to Wimbledon? I have. I've been to Wimbledon a few times, um, and it is amazing. There is no doubt about it. So what I used to do is get a ticket for what's called the ground pass, so you can get on all the outer courts. And then later in the day, as people leave the centre and the number one courts, what they then do is they put their tickets into a box, and then you queue to get their tickets and go and sit on number one and centre courts to go and see the later games. And quite often, because if in the first week, you'll go and see someone playing on there. Um, so I have done that before, and it is a great experience. How very British. Very British, but I wouldn't recommend the strawberries because they are just extortionate. Well, I was just take about your to, take your own. Take well, your own. I was just about to ask you: strawberries, strawberries and cream is synonymous with Absolutely. Wimbledon. It is. Yeah, so they're they're exorbitant. How much are they going to set you back? Um, if you want some strawberries and cream, I think the last going price was five pounds, and I think you've got something like four strawberries and a dot of cream on them. <laughs> well, I work in retail, and strawberries this week are two dollars fifty a punnet. There you go. You see, which is about a I'll pound. Just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is bonkers, um, but it's it's a great spectacle. So it really you, is. If you if you go to Wimbledon this year, you'll you'll have to fill us in. Yeah, no, I probably won't get a chance this year, but we'll have it on the television quite a bit. Uh, that's until, of course, Andy Murray is out, and he's looking like that may be the case because of an injury that he has. Now, Andy Murray is uh, Scottish, I believe. He is. So when we say a British champion. If he was, <laughs> if he was from the Republic of Ireland, would you? Look, not, would you still claim him? 
two flipping right women will take anyone that's going anyone if they've got a great auntie from about five generations back we'll take it we're not exactly a great sporting nation steve we're not immune to that either we've we exactly. claimed uh russell crowe was our greatest actor and he was uh born and raised well, was, in new zealand i was gonna say he was in neighbors wasn't he <laughs> uh i don't know if russell crowe was in neighbors actually wasn't he no i'm, I'm unsure i think he may have uh, had one appearance uh, there you go. That's but, that, that qualifies surely. But he's as bad. He's as New Zealand as you can get. <laughs> so I'm saying that our greatest actor is Jeffrey Rush, and if you know the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, you, you'll know who I'm talking about. Oh, right. No, I don't. <laughs> I've but... just seen. I've just seen a show with him in it. It's about Albert Einstein. It's called oh, yeah. Genius. Now it's on. Right. Uh, it was on the National Geographic channel out here. If you get a chance to to watch that in the UK, it's highly recommended. Funnily enough, I think that's been on National Geographic here in the UK as well, because I'm sure I've seen some trailers for it. It's a sensational show, and he yeah. is, he is a he is he is what we call a dinky die, true blue Aussie. Ah, a dinky die. A dinky die. Have you heard that one before? Never heard that one before. Dinky die, true blue Aussie. Okay. Well, every 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 time we talk, Steve, um, I'll have a bit of Australian slang for you, and you might got uh, to, and you might got have to. to decipher it. Brilliant. Dinky die, true blue Aussie. Right, I've got that one noted. But in return, Excellent. in return, yes. you need to uh, give me a bit of Cockney. Okay. As in... Um, the old what's, the older rhyming slang? Yeah, yeah, a bit of rhyming yeah. slang, like boat okay. like boat race, boat, face. And boat race, yeah. yeah. Things, things like that. But it's got to be put in a okay. sentence. Right, fine. So we've got to drop those in. That's I feel right. a challenge coming on. <laughs> All right, Steve, what's on your agenda for the rest of the day and the week ahead? Crikey, what's on? I've got some more podcasting. Oh, sorry, not podcasting. Um, I've got some more voiceover stuff to do, uh, definitely. Uh, so so that's good. Um, I think I have, actually. Plus, also, I've had a band contact me, some band from the UK, who are just starting to make it big and want me to do a voiceover um, for their concerts, I think they're going to use, which is quite interesting. Um, so I've got that to do. Got some homework to sort out, get some stuff ready for tomorrow, some home chores. Already been out, done some shopping, the dog and all the rest of it today. So just getting stuff sorted. But um, it's it's one of those Sundays. But the weather is good here. So looking forward to lunch outside in the sun, which basically means we'll sit there for five minutes and the clouds come over and it'll descend. <laughs> so <laughs> I could be I could be watching a concert in a few years down the track on one of our music channels and there's Steve's uh, dulcet tones there's doing the intro. Booming out. Exactly. There'll be a voice booming out there somewhere. Oh, look forward what to that. What a frightening prospect. What a frightening prospect. You could be in the next um, Spinal Tap. <laughs> I will never forget that bit. Are we there? Are we there? I think it's just around this corner. Stonehenge. It's just through this door. Yes, Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Brilliant. All right. Steve, thank you for your time Love today. It. Hey, Mark, lovely to speak to you. Thank you very much. We'll talk again soon. Definitely. Thank Take you, care. Buddy. Bye. I love talking to Steve. He's so energetic. He's so passionate about what he does, and he loves living in London, and I think that comes across whenever you talk to Steve. Steve and I are hoping to work on another project together very, very soon, so you should be hearing a lot more of Steve and I together. One thing I always like staying after the movies for is the credits and the blooper reel. All okay. right, I'll just finish my tea. Good man. Yeah, I've got mine with me, funny enough. <clears throat> All right. We'll kick off. I forgot the name of it. London Babylon. <laughs>
That's pretty good. good <laughs> Do you know start. what? Keep keep that one for the off takes. I said a hip hop, save me from the clippy, the pig, pick and pop and you don't stop. Spass a rocket, to the pong pong the doji, say up jump the doozy, to the rhythm of the ontology. You've been listening to London Babylon. To make sure you don't miss an episode, please don't forget to subscribe. We'll be back next week, and thanks for listening. Bye.